world of darkness, we search for light. In confusion, we seek for answers. But sometimes, to find what we're looking for, all we need is just a little perspective. You're listening to Point of View, where crucial questions about critical issues are answered from a biblical worldview. And now, here's your host, Josh Barnes. And welcome to Point of View. This is Josh Barnes and, of course, your co-host, Justin Barnes. And have we got a show for you on this Tuesday evening live stream. We're going to be talking today about the woke church in Tennessee who said the Bible is not God's word. Uh, yes, you heard it right. How can you be a church, a Christian church or quote-unquote Christian, and say the Bible is not God's word. And um, this this is the height of wokeism, right? This is, well, you always think you're at the height and then it gets higher. But this is now wokeism infiltrating the Christian church. The, the, um, uh, the church now, or at least this church, is saying that the Bible isn't even God's word. We don't want to be offensive. No, the Bible is just is just a, a book of man's responses, they say, to God. So I'm going to pull this up and show you the actual, let's see if I can show it to you. Here's the post that they made on Facebook. The Bible isn't. There's five things they say the Bible isn't. The Bible isn't the word of God. The Bible isn't self-interpreting. The Bible isn't a, a science book. The Bible isn't an answer or rule book. The Bible isn't inerrant or infallible, but they say the Bible is a product of community, a library of texts, multivocal, a human response to God, and it's living and dynamic. Now, what we have here is we have churches trying to, uh, trying to appeal to all people and trying to water down the scriptures. And what this means, because we understand that the Bible is the basis for truth, right? We, we're conservatives because of what the Bible says about issues, right? That's why, that's why we're conservatives. That's why we have politi- the political views that we have. That's why, you know, that's why I'm for capitalism, is because property ownership is, is in scripture. This is why I'm, I'm for uh, the right to defend ones. This is why I'm against abortion, because it's in the Bible. And what happens happens uh, when we take the Bible and say, yeah, it doesn't matter, it's not God's word, is we're really getting to that that one last holdout against the woke uh, culture that we have today, and that is Christianity, because they won't base truth on wokeism or what is popular or what is cultural. We base truth on the Bible. Justin, weigh in on this. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, as much as this is making headlines, this is nothing new. Um, this isn't a, a new development. This is something that liberal Christianity has been saying for a while. Um, that there's, and you can always see it in the language that that I, uh, reading what the the pastor or whoever it was had to say. It's the same language they always use, which is there's this tension in the text. And when people talk about the tension in the text, generally they're saying the text is contradicting contradicting itself. And if you look at at what he was saying, you know. Well, people have used it to justify genocide and racism and white supremacy and things of that nature. Um, it's it's the same things we've been hearing for a long time. I mean, this is this is not a new argument. 
This is just somebody capitulating to the atheist mob um, and really not doing their homework uh, about about the Bible. Yeah, so this is we're gonna actually break this down one part at a time and and talk about it. And <laughs> if you guys know, if you've <laughs> if this isn't your first time watching Point of View, you know that it's gonna be hard for us to get this all in our thirty minute segment. But we're gonna do the best we can. But this is Grace Point Church, um, and it's pastor uh, the church's pastor Josh Scott argues that the Bible at times is inconsistent with the character of God. He says, there is stuff in there that I re- that I think really goes against the character of God. There are genocides that have been divinely sanctioned in the Bible, Scott said. People have used the text in the Bible and in, uh, te- have used the text in the Bible, in the Bible, plain readings of the text at times to support white supremacy, to defend slavery, and to defend segregation. Saying the Bible is inerrant and infallible, it absolves us of our responsibility to do what our ancestors did, uh, which uh, which is to wrestle. So he says, um, the, the, if, if, if we say the Bible is inerrant and infallible, we wash our hands of what we should do, and that is deny the Bible. <laughs> But but hang on, Pastor Scott, if I can call you a pastor. Um, isn't just washing your hands of what the Bible says and saying it's not inerrant, saying that it has, uh, it is fallible, isn't that just a way of getting out of the hard things that are actually true that are in it? Like, isn't that your way of just saying, well, I can take what I want, I can leave what I want, and I can still call myself a Christian and say that I'm that I'm following God? Yeah, this is the ultimate version of I'm now the authority. I mean, because just just I, I couldn't help but laugh there. Look at what he said. It's inconsistent with the character of God. Okay, so where do we find that? Where do we find the character of God? What is it that tells us about the character of God? You know, I, I've heard there is this book that tells us about the character of God. But the problem is, which part of the book... That tells you which part of the character are you going to believe. It's a good point. And so you just you just you become the authority that picks and chooses which of God's character you want to accept. Could, and so really, it just God conforms to whatever the political norms are for the day. Because he said he's already said the Bible is not the word of God. Right. Well, then how can you know? How do you know what the character of God is? The Bible is our response to God. But how do how do we re, how do we respond to God in the Bible if we don't have if the Bible isn't God first coming to us right so if you if you ask me a question I can respond to it if you say nothing I'm not responding to it right so if God hasn't said this book then this is not our response to him yeah I, I almost wonder if this is sort of a a naturalist kind of thing like as man meditates on God this is the thoughts that they've had. Um, but now we're getting way out of whack. We're getting way out in left field. Um, but again, my, my question is, he says that we reject these parts of the Bible because it's inconsistent with God's character. You have to give me a source for which we can objectively know God's character, not subjectively, because right now you're the authority telling me what is God's character, because God's character is love and happiness and butterflies and, and lollipops. But how do I know that God isn't the God of wrath and judgment and genocide or whatever else people want to say? You, you got to give me an objective way because what if I want the other God? So now now you have to give me an objective standard we can both look to 
and say, okay, this is God's character. That's not. And, uh, oh, we, we happen to have one of those. It's, it's called the Bible. It's the wokeism feel goodness that just ignores truth, ignores facts. We're, we're, we're talking about this um, almost every show now, the, the transgender, the, the, just a denial of actual facts. But it's this creeping into the Bible, right? So let's, let's break this down. Can you be a Christian? Can, can, you, can you call yourself a believer in the God of the Bible and say that the Bible is not God's word. Let, let, let's start with that first claim. The Bible isn't the word of God because there are over 3,800 times in scripture where the Bible uses a phrase like God said this or thus saith the Lord. Those types of things are just everywhere in scripture, over 3,800 times. Can the Bible even be a good book at all if it lies 3,800 times saying God said X, Y, or Z? Well, yeah, that, that's the thing is, this church, whatever it is, it's not a Christian church. It's not, at least not in any orthodox sense, because, and, and I'm guessing they might be willing to admit that this isn't what the church has believed for 2,000 years. This is not what the apostles believed. This is not what the Jews believed in the Old Testament. This is not a, a view of the Bible that was shared by anyone throughout Christian history until the past eh, probably 15 years. Well, depending on what liberal sources you want to draw on before that. But the point is, this is a very modern thing. So this, this, they would probably have to accept the fact that, yes, this is not the view Jesus had of the Bible, not the view that Paul had of the Bible, not the view Peter had of the Bible, not the view Moses or any of the other biblical authors had. Um, but, but that's where this whole response to God thing comes in. It's, it's simply, you have, to, you have to come down to, well, either I believe your random subjective thoughts on this issue, or I can look to Scripture and say, yeah, it looks pretty clear that they knew that this was God's word. This was my favorite Greek word, theonoustos. It's breathed out by God himself. Yeah. This is the very words of God. It is explicit in the text that that is the claim the Bible makes for itself. First Timothy 3, verse 10. Um, well, well, we could start in, let's see, skip down, uh, verse 15. That from a child, Paul is writing to, to Timothy, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. This is the Old Testament of the Bible. Which, which is, by the way, the part that he has predominantly a problem with, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ, uh, Christ Jesus. All scripture, Paul says, is given by inspiration. As you mentioned, that's the word um, inspiration of God, theonoustos. That's God-breathed. All scripture is literally breathed by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So essentially what we're saying here is, no, we don't want people to be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works because we don't want you to have all of scripture. We want you to just kind of guess whatever part of scripture you like. Yeah, that's from God. And whatever part of scripture you don't like, yeah, that's inconsistent with, with God. Yeah, and again, this all comes back to who's the authority. Because what this is, this is a subtle way of saying God's not the authority. Um, this is yeah. a subtle way. This is, this is, in principle, the same thing that we've been seeing with all these Democratic people saying God herself. Yeah. Um, they're, they're making themselves the authority of who gets to define God, and that's the same thing this pastor's doing, is he's saying, 
I don't like all that other stuff about God. I don't like Orthodox Christianity. I don't like the faith that's been delivered once for all uh, for 2,000 years now. Um, I'm going to define God in a different way, which is why I say, go for it, but you're not a Christian now. You, mm-hmm. You're not you're not following the Christian faith. You're following some other, you can call it whatever you feel like, but it's not Christianity. Yeah, and for the Christian who says, well, you know, how, how do I know for sure, right, that, that all of the Bible is the Word of God? Um, besides the fact that Paul acknowledged that the Bible was the Word of God, and he said it was all given by inspiration of God. Second Peter, in, in the book of Second Peter, Peter actually wrote this. We have a more—he was talking about his experience on the Mount of Transfiguration when he saw Jesus transfigured, and he actually says, we, we have a more sure word of prophecy than that, than when I saw J- Jesus Christ himself. I have a more sure word of prophecy, uh, whereunto ye do well to take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place— until the day dawn and day star arise in your heart, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And again, here's Peter saying, these men who wrote the Old Testament, according to the Bible itself, were writing the very words of God. But I guess, I guess, when you could just pick and choose what which parts of the Bible you believe, then you could say, well, Second Peter, I don't believe. And, uh, you know, Second Timothy, I don't believe. So you could just say everything that disagrees with, with my view on this, I just don't believe it. Yeah, but here's the thing is if you want to have – usually these kinds of people are going to say, hey, we got to look to Jesus. And, and their favorite stories are always like the woman taken in adultery where Jesus shows all this mercy and all that sort of stuff. They tend to ignore the part where he's throwing tables over and chasing people out with whips. It's not their favorite. But if you want to look at Jesus, what was Jesus' view of the Bible? It wasn't a pick and choose. And it wasn't that it was sort of a God uh, – it had some God flavor on it. But, you know, the exact wording was maybe a little bit off. And maybe the whole genocide thing, that wasn't God. No, in Matthew chapter 22 – Jesus is arguing with the Sadducees, and I've, I've gone on this, gone over this passage several times before on the show, but just to say, just to show you, once again, here was Jesus' view of the scripture. He says, as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of, God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. I'm not going to take the time to do this again. We've done this several times already on the show. But here's two things that Jesus just revealed that he believed about the Bible. And that is, number one, he believed it was God speaking to people. And not just God speaking to those people, but God speaking individually to every person. Because he's speaking of a book that was written hundreds of years before, and yet Jesus says God was speaking to you. So that's Jesus' view of Scripture there. Number two, he hinges his argument, because he's in a theological debate here about whether or not there is resurrection. He hinges his entire argument on the tense of a verb. When, G- when God says, I am the God of Abraham who's dead, but I'm not the God of the dead, but of the living, he's making an argument for resurrection. So his case is all hinging on the tense of a verb. In other words, Jesus did not believe, number one, he believed that the, the word was preserved perfectly because it hinged on a on the tense of a verb, but also he believed that that one verb, that one word he could depend on, that was from God. In other words, Jesus believed in every word coming from God and God speaking. So wherever you look, Paul, all scriptures given by inspiration of God. Peter, hey, Paul's writing scripture, by the way. 
Paul, hey, Luke is scripture. Jesus, hey, it's all scripture. It's all God speaking. You have to believe all of it. Even the tenses of the verbs are important. You can't get away from it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So basically, you cannot believe any of the Bible if you don't believe all of the Bible. I mean, it's, it's not just, consistently. It's logically inconsistent. You either have to say that Jesus was lying, that Paul was lying, that Peter was lying, and just throw the whole thing out, or you have to accept all of it as true. You you can't be middle ground, or you're just completely logically inconsistent. Um, so no, you can't be a Christian and believe that the Bible is not the Word of God. That's not Christian because you can't believe any of the Bible, and you're certainly not Christ-like because Christ didn't do that. Let's do the point number two, self-interpreting. is The the Bible, they say, isn't self-interpreting. Now, I, I suppose there are other elements that one must consider besides the very text of the Bible sometimes in order to understand what the interpretation is. But here's the question. Interpretation is about us understanding what the correct interpretation is, it's not us deciding what the ter- interpretation is. There's a big difference, right? The Bible does, the Bible already has a correct interpretation, right? It, it always, it already meant to say what it meant to say. We just have to find that, right? So the Bible interpreting itself is, is a weird way to put it, right? As if, as if we get to interpret the Bible. Um, no, we just get to find the correct interpretation, right? But then I, I think it's important to note that the Bible was written by over 40 different authors from a, from a period stretching thousands of years. And yet it is very it, – it, the, the continuity and the consistency between all of these writings is fascinating. The, as a matter of fact, the fact that, that there is so – such um, – such continuity where you can compare something that Paul wrote with something that Moses wrote, and it actually helps to explain each other, is actually proof of, number one, that the Bible is the word of God and not just uh, the word of men throwing stuff together, throwing ideas together. So while, yeah, I think there's other things to be considered outside of the Bible, like the culture, the uh, cultural context of those types of things, if we want to find the correct interpretation— the fact that the Bible does speak of itself and help us understand itself, even from authors from uh, split by thousands of years, is proof that number one is actually true. The, the Bible is the Word of God. Yeah, and what this comes from, really, because uh, I've heard people say this kind of thing a lot, what they're really getting at is this really sort of postmodern idea where there is no real objective actual consistent interpretation of the Bible. There is no one one thread that's being woven throughout scripture. There's not an overarching thing. There's it's not you can't just go to the text with consistent exegesis and come out with the actual message of the text. There are there's the message for you, there's the message for me. There's just this mess of stuff that everyone can pick whatever they want and you can justify as he said, you can justify white supremacy, you can justify racism and genocide. And what he's what they're going to argue is because the text is not consistent enough in order to give you a right interpretation of these things. They're, they're going to have God over here just killing a bunch of babies. And then you're going to have God over here saying, no, don't stone the woman because I'm all grace and mercy and love. It's it's it is a postmodern deconstruction of the text that says there is no there is no consistent interpretation. Don't even try. And I would disagree. I think that you can harmonize the text. Now, this isn't to say that all the text is super easy to understand. Peter says, Paul writes some things that are hard to understand, and I agree with him. He does. 
But that is not to say that there is not an objective interpretation and a consistent interpretation that runs throughout Scripture. It, it's simply a matter of putting in the work to come to the right conclusion. Yeah. Now let's do lightning round for the next few <laughs> Because we're running out of time. I have no idea how long we've been going. So <laughs> we're we're uh, we got about ten minutes left. So, nope. um, all right. So, is it a science book? I would say no, no. It's not a science book. But if it is the word of God, where it speaks to science, it's speaking truth. Yeah, and and here's the thing: is we often try to take modern concepts of science to disprove the Bible. So I I was listening to a debate uh, between a theistic evolutionist creationist and different things. And one of the people said, uh, well, you know, the Bible obviously isn't isn't good on science because it calls bats birds and bats aren't birds. And I'm like, well, maybe by your definition, but by their definition, a bat was a bird. That doesn't mean that the Bible is just a bunch of ignorance, you know? So I think we got to be careful. I think the Bible is accurate scientifically, but they are correct. It is not meant to be a scientific um uh, curriculum. That's mm. not the point. So this is where you get a lot of uh, flat earther stuff popping up, but I'll stop now. Yeah. But here's number four. And it's not, the Bible is not, they say, an answer or a rule book. Now I agree that there are some answers that we don't find in the word of God, but there are a ton of, it's just the, the question as to whether or not the Bible is an answer book is what questions are you asking? I mean, if you're asking the, the sort of questions that the Bible answers, the Bible is an answer book. <laughs> and the Bible does give us a lot of rules. I mean, you know, th there are ten commandments, right? Jesus said, on this hang all the law and the prophets. Uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and love thy neighbor as thyself. There, there are, it, it's not a rule book like that's all that it's about, but it certainly contains a, a whole bunch of rules. Yeah, and uh, a lot of those rules are rules that I guarantee you this guy's going to like. I guarantee it. Love your neighbor as yourself. These The progressive Christianity way overemphasizes the love. Not saying that God isn't loving, but they put way too much emphasis on the love and the mercy and the grace and co completely neglect the wrath and judgment. Um, but the fact of the matter is he loves that commandment. But guess what that is? That's a rule. He loves the commandment that you're not supposed to defraud your brother in court. But guess what that is? That's a rule. I'm sure he loves the commandment that you're not supposed to rape people. Guess what that is? That's a rule. These are all rules that the Bible gives, and yes, they are commandments and they're things that are binding on you. Now, if we're going to say that you're not supposed to approach the text as if it's just, okay, do this, don't do that, and that's it. Okay, I get it. Because the Bible, first and foremost, is God's self-revelation. It's him revealing himself. So it's not primarily first a rule book. But yes, there are rules in there. And yes, there is um, guidance and command and requirement on your life. And you don't have you don't have the right to overthrow that. Yeah, absolutely. And then number five, I think, is pretty easy. If it is the word of God, then it is inerrant and infallible, right? Because it, it's the word of God. It also claims to be inerrant and infallible. And if it that claim is coming from God, then it it's inerrant and infallible, right? So I think that's uh that's pretty easy. Uh, let's, let me check. I'll give you a, ch a chance to respond very quickly to that while I check our time and see how much time we have to fit in more stuff in here. Well, yeah, I mean, Jesus believed it was so inerrant and infallible that even the tenses of the verbs were inerrant and infallible because he hinged his entire argument on it. Again, there's so much worth packed into those couple little statements that Jesus made. So it basically, since Christianity is, the word Christian really just means 
like Christ, uh, little Christs. Um, if if Christianity is Christ likeness and Christ doesn't believe what you believe, then you're not Christian, right? I mean, if you're not being like Christ in your beliefs, um, and I think that's I think that's at least fair to say. Let me um, let's go to um, the uh, the what the Bible is according to. Uh, Pastor Josh Scott. By the way, Josh, I say change your name or start living up to it because this is terrible. <laughs> the Bible is, he says, a product of community. A product of community. Now, if the Bible is purely a product of community, then it has no bearing whatsoever. There's no foundation. There's no reason to believe any of it, right? What what it seems to me that he believes that God is sort of like this uh, Star Wars force that's like in everything and in everyone. And as we feel the force of God, we just blah onto paper what we feel like. And some of it's good and some of it's not. And we get to pick what we like and what we don't. Um, uh, if But if the Bible is that, if it's a product of community, there's no reason to believe any of it. And there's nothing that separates it from any other religion. Because guess what? The Quran, you could argue, is a product of community. So is any other religious text. It's a product of community. Guess what was a product of community? Thor and Odin and Loki and all the, the Norse gods. That was a product of their community. So Christianity now has been put on the level of the, uh, the, the Viking gods. Okay, yeah, that, yes. that, that's really good Christian theology right there. Exactly. Uh, he also says a library of texts. Well, I suppose it is that, right? I mean, it's 66 books, so it's a library of texts. Yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to – if that's supposed to be a negative, uh, I'm going to need some further explanation on that. Yeah. Um, he says it's multivocal, um, which I, I, I'm going to take to mean that it's written by multi, mu- multiple different people. And so I would say sure. I think I know what he means by that though. I think what he means by that is that it's a bunch of different people talking and they all have different ideas of who God is. So it's not one unified voice. Not one consistent uh, text. It is a, it's just a big library mm. of a bunch of different ideas and percep- perceptions of who God is. So that, <coughs> seeing where he's going with this, no, I, I don't agree. It's one voice from God spoken through many human authors that God used. Yeah. He also says that it's a human response to God. And this is where I think that he's getting this, oh, God is just in every one of us. And so as, you know, as we respond to this inner being. But my, my question is, how do we know that God is in every one of us? How do we know that God is is anything? How do we know that God exists if we won't accept anything that the Bible says about it? What's cool about the Bible is that logically uh, we know just, just through cosmology that that a God has to exist. There has to be an ultimate cause. And the Bible actually fits with all of the evidence and all of the logic and all of the reason and all of everything else and says, this is that God. Like, this is this is him. But how do you, how do you know any of these things? How do you know anything about, about God so that you can respond to him if all the Bible is, is a human response to God? Yeah, there's no way of sifting through the the god feelings from the taco bell you ate last night it's <laughs> where we're down to is just whatever you feel it's true like you said you just sort of blah, it onto a page and now we just go okay well you know that sounds that sounds politically expedient in this time therefore that's god 
It but sounds like in, God in a hundred in a hundred years. That's not going to be God anymore. Guarantee it. It sounds like God to him is man, and and we we are God, and we've written. So our so own no idea. longer is God making man in His image. Now man is making God in 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 man's image. Bingo, bingo. He also says it is it is living and dynamic. And to that I say, um, not the way you think. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the way that he means it. Um, yeah. Sure, the, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, and there is a sense in which it is like it is alive, right? And it, when when you read the word of God, it's 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 alive, right? And it and it it convicts you of of sin, and and the Holy Spirit works on on the inside. That's true, but um, I'm, I'm sure what he means is it can change. You know, it, it means something different now than it used to mean. And I think uh, that's crazy. But let, let me use that as a segue into what I really wanted to get to here before we before we close out today. And that is, what about those hard passages in the Old Testament? What about the what about the woman who gets her hand cut off for touching a man's private parts or, or, or just those uncomfortable passages, right? Is this just Old Testament stuff that we can say, you know, it, 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 it lives and it breathes. It's not really the word of God. Is that a good way to get out of that? Or is there like an honest way where we can approach these things and say, here's what it meant and here's why God wanted it in the word of God? Well, I'll say this because I, I don't know how much time we have left, but as just a quick statement, I've been doing a lot more studying in the Old Testament, and specifically the Old Testament law, which is the part people really hate. Like, that is, oh boy, that's where you have the man shall not lie with a man as he does with a woman. Um, <clears throat> the more I study the Old Testament, the more I see the wisdom and the beauty of, of God's justice. And I do not see any sort of contradiction between the God of the Old Testament and the God of New Testament. I see the wisdom of God in how he 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 ordered a kingdom. I don't think that we need to be shy. I mean, there's there's one uh, video I saw where Douglas Wilson was debating uh, Christopher Hitchens, and Hitchens said concerning this whole genocide thing, he said, uh, "I'm going to get you to admit." that uh, it was a good thing for Israel to commit the genocide God commanded them. And he said, well, yeah, of course, God said to. And he said, but here's what I'm going to get you to admit. There's nothing wrong with killing a bunch of Midianites or, or whatever the, the, the group of people was. Because in your world, the, the, world, the universe doesn't care about, about a bunch of people. There's no moral thing to it. So what we have to come down to is if God says to do this, God is holy and just and the standard of good— and if God doesn't exist, then there's no such thing as wrong. So either way, if you have a God, then what he commands is, is right. Now, we could get a lot more specific than that. But, but just out of the gate, there's no way to morally attack God because God happens to be the standard of morality. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you, if the question boils down to this. Who gets to decide what is right? Who gets to decide right and wrong. And and you're right. If without God, there is no right and wrong. You throw out the Bible and you don't have that standard. You don't have that foundation. And by the way, this is why they want to do it. This is why pe people, This there, there are a lot of very political um, conservatives who, who want to keep conservatism separate from, from Christianity. And I say, you can't do that because the, the, cons the basic basis of 
of conservative ideals is based on this truth that we, the, the basic truths that we find in Scripture. Now, I, I understand. I, I'm not saying that all conservatives are, 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 are believers or are Christians or anything, or that you have to be a Christian to be a conservative. But the principles that we hold to in conservatism and in the, the conservative political principles are based on moral um, foundations that are found in the Bible. And this is why point of view, I think, is so important because what we're doing is we're saying, if you really want to defend a conservative conservatism and you really want Christ, um, if you really want uh, America to be con- a conservative nation, you're going to have to enforce conservative um, biblical principles and a biblical worldview because without that, you're just going to end up in atheism, which is going to lead you to progressivism because in atheism, there is no morality. Um, that this is, this is, there's no basis for it. There's no foundation. It is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And as we've seen over the past, as long as I've been alive, no matter who's in control, politically speaking, because the, the, the political right, the conservatives do not have the anchor to keep them on, on correct positions. They keep drifting towards the left. The culture war keeps marching to the left. And that's because as much as we can agree with conservative principles, they don't have the anchor that holds them there, and that anchor would be consistent biblical theology. You have to have that, or you're going to keep drifting off, and that's why, as much as I love conservatism, um, I, I can't say that I'm just a conservative, because being a Christian and a biblical uh, theologian, or whatever you want to call it, is far more important, and that's the anchor that keeps us where we are, because in 50 years, conservatives are going to have a whole different set of viewpoints. Well, sadly, we've come to the end of our time for today, but thanks for watching Point of View. You can go to uh, www.pointofviewshow.com, and very soon that will take you right to our YouTube channel. Actually, right now I think it's going to um, our um, parent company, which is ramtv.live, www.ramtv.live. You can watch all the Point of View shows there on ramtv.live. You can also go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash POV with JB, or facebook.com forward slash Right America Media Network. And uh, you can see all of our past shows, past live streams, and many people are listening to this specific show on our podcast, which is somewhat new, but we have pod, uh, we're on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Uh, so check us out there as well. That's Point of View. You can do a search for Point of View with Josh and Justin Barnes, and it will uh, show right up. Anyway, signing out for now. We'll see you next time on Point of View. Point of View.